0: Hey, everybody, this is Dr. Sam Byrne. I'd like to welcome you to another Eye Clarity podcast. Well, we have a great show today. I'm going to be talking about uh, cataracts and can they actually grow back after you've had surgery? I'm also going to talk about colorblindness, a new treatment that might help. I'm also going to be speaking about how light therapy may be something that you could add to your protocol with macular degeneration. I'm also going to be talking about the relationship between sugar and how it affects our eyes, and how can we bring our eye pressure down in a more holistic, organic way without doing surgery or using pharmaceutical drugs. I'm going to be talking about the connection between seeing and hearing, how you might be able to grow your eyelashes back, and finally, what's the strategy if you want to improve your nearsightedness using my physical eye therapy protocol? So enjoy the show. Take care. Hey, everybody. it's Dr. Sam, and uh, we're doing Q and A today on my podcast. The first question is from Mark, and he's recently had cataract surgery, but now he's going to get a second procedure to remove a secondary cataract, and he wants to know what he can do to minimize the blurry vision, the haziness, and does this particular procedure work? He also has had corneal scarring from an injury 20 years ago previous. Well, well, the most common complication from cataract surgery is uh, something called posterior capsule opacification. And this occurs when um, the capsule of the lens of the eye, that's the covering, uh, there can be a growth that occurs and it creates this haziness or blurred vision. And so the procedure is called uh, a laser procedure. It's actually, they use a YAG laser, Y-A-G. And when you do get this, uh, it's called posterior capsulotomy, it's an outpatient procedure, very easy. Uh, it doesn't take a, a long time. And it, the, the YAG laser is there to kind of clean up the membrane that starts to grow over the, the lens of the eye. And it works very well. Uh, there's no pain associated with it. Uh, sometimes uh, there can be some side effects. Um, it could be, I'll just run through the list. Sometimes it can lead to things like um, glare or double vision. Um, it also there can be um, some swelling after the surgery. And in you know, very few cases there can be um, even a retinal detachment. So it's something you have to weigh if you want to um, if you want to get the surgery. It definitely works well. You'll definitely see much clearer after you have the YAG procedure. Uh, so my recommendation would be you know, if your acuity is worse than 2040 and it's interfering with your daily routine, then you should consider the the YAG laser treatment uh, procedure. I then would include the MSM eye drops four to to six times a day. You know, the MSM eye drops are great at reducing inflammation, improving collagen health, uh, moisturizing all the eye tissue, including the lens of the eye, and that's something that you could do ongoing. I recommend my eye exercise program for cataracts. It's called the Eye Clarity Program. And Mark, this is free. Uh, And it would be something for you to help you integrate what uh, you received from the cataract surgery. So it's a form of physical eye therapy that helps you integrate the eye-brain connection. And this actually could be a wonderful way to help you see things with less haziness. You know, back to the MSM eye drops, if you've had corneal scarring, uh, MSM is a great uh, tool to maybe uh, help reduce some of the haziness of the cornea. Another thing that the cornea needs is uh, B vitamins. There have been some studies that link uh, B vitamins to corneal health. So you want to make sure you're, you know, getting foods, eating foods that contain B vitamins Um, You might consider trying a contact lens for distance, so correcting both eyes for distance and a contact lens, and then just getting reading glasses up close. And then last but not least, when you do get cataract surgery, the plastic lenses they put in the eye don't have the blue blocking uh, tint in it. Our uh, original hardware lenses do have some pigment that blocks some of the blue light, And so, you know, blue light has been shown associated with um, the incidence of increasing things like macular degeneration. So I would consider getting a blue blocking lens that you would wear for all digital work, both day and evening. If you're using uh, sunglasses, make sure you're getting the ultraviolet protection. But at the same time, make sure you're getting about 30 minutes of natural sunlight every day when the sun is low in the sky. So those are some ideas, some things to consider. I want to thank you so much for the question. This next question is from Michelle, and she's looking for tips for color blindness or color deficiency. Well, let's talk about color blindness. And this is a um, inherited condition. Currently, there are no uh, treatments for inherited color blindness. Uh, if you've got a color deficiency, this is where working with different colored filters, um, uh, co- different kinds of tinted contact lenses, uh, could be helpful in improving your contrast sensitivity. Uh, but this would be where you actually see some colors. If you're talking about total color blindness, uh, right now there isn't anything out there to improve your condition. However, on the horizon, there is some gene technology that's being tested. And the way it works is that uh, this is actually being done um, at the University of Washington. And these are professors of ophthalmology who uh, actually have done some preliminary studies on um, animals by increasing um, their gene um, capability of being able to um, uh, reduce the tendency towards colorblindness. So let me explain. The way the, uh, the research uh, was conducted is that uh, an injection was made into the clear fluid in the center of the eye, and this, uh, f- this injection um, is a virus that actually uh, will penetrate the retina. And in doing that, it begins to um, uh, improve and regenerate uh, the cones, which is, this is the part of the retina where we see detail and color vision. Now, this is very preliminary. Uh, there needs to be uh, a lot more studies done to see what, what are the side effects from this injection. But uh, researchers are definitely looking at this inherited colorblindness and in using gene therapy as a way to, um, you know, improve the, um, you know, the, the colorblindness risk. But right now, uh, unfortunately, there really isn't any uh, treatment for colorblindness. So, Michelle, thank you so much for the question. Okay, this next question is from uh, Polly, and he has a condition called dry macular degeneration. It's in the left eye. He says it's severe. His right eye seems to be getting better, but the left eye seems to be getting worse. And so he is exploring a type of uh, light treatment therapy but he's a bit uncertain about it, and he wants to know my recommendation. He's also doing things with diet, uh, MSMI drops, supplements. So what he's referring to is a type of light therapy which uses uh, the far-red to near-infrared range of the spectrum. And in using this low-level light therapy... Uh, another term for it is called photobiomodulation. and this this connects three words: photo equals light, bio is biological, and modulation. So this photobiomodulation is an FDA approved treatment, and it's been used uh, in sports injuries, uh, people who are suffering uh, arthritis injuries. So now, um, certain practitioners, are beginning to explore using this type of LED medical uh, device on the eyes. And the way it works is uh, they shine a beam of this uh, near infrared light into one or both eyes. So the patients are looking into the device as the beam of light shines through the lens toward the uh, macula. we don't know what the long term effects are of this uh, one of my questions is that in this LED light, I'm assuming but i don't I couldn't find out uh, is this devoid of uh, blue light because we know that blue light can be damaging to the macula so that would be one question that i that I have. Um, another question is is that even though this seems to be uh working positively in in terms of certain other areas of the body, I would be uh, very conservative about using this treatment on the macula without either seeing more research or talking to the people who have invented this this device. And actually the people who have uh, invented it are partnering with the National Institutes of Health uh, small Business Innovation Research, and the name of the company is called Lumathera, Lumathera Incorporated. So I would take a look, uh, Polly, to see what uh, what is the research. Um, you want a large study of subjects over a long period of time, and you want to see how they've done in terms of improving both their visual acuity and reducing... Um, you know, any um, macular degeneration. So those would be some questions that I would ask them because, um, you know, the light therapy that I've used is color therapy. And in using color therapy in the eyes, now this is not infrared therapy, it's using different frequencies of colors for short periods of time, maybe three to five minutes. I have actually had some improvement in, uh, macular, in dry macular degeneration. You know, there is a difference between passive therapy and active therapy. So passive therapy is where you just receive it. And active therapy is where you are interacting with the procedure or the exercise. And in, in doing both active and passive uh, types of therapy, this is the best way to learn how to improve your vision. So that being said, you know, I think you need to to check off all of your boxes. uh, Like, for example, making sure you're getting at least 10 milligrams of lutein per 2 milligrams of zeaxanthin per day. And I would actually multiply that by 2. So that's 20 20 milligrams of lutein and 4 milligrams of zeaxanthin per day. I would also add... Uh, 10 to 15 milligrams of astaxanthin per day as well. And these carotenoids are super important for improving macular health. The next thing I would do is make sure you're wearing any blue blocking lenses for all digital device. The eye exercises, I think, are critically important. The Macular Degeneration Eye Clarity Program is super helpful because in that particular program, it teaches you how to engage your peripheral vision. And, you know, the macula makes up less than 1% of the real estate of the macula. And what the eye clarity Macular Degeneration Program says is, well, you got to include the other 99%. So doing those practices every day will help you reduce visual stress, and it also will help you improve your uh, visual function. I also think that uh, you want to consider uh, making sure you're getting a glutathione in, in your diet, uh, that you're getting, um, you know, enough antioxidants and eating foods that are anti-inflammatory. You know, what is your gut health like and are you absorbing what you're eating? Uh, this is where you can work with a functional medicine doctor or a naturopathic doctor and, you know, determine What is the best diet for you, what you should be eating? And, you know, there are things out there like intermittent fasting, the ketogenic diet. Um, These are things that based on your own constitution and biochemistry, perhaps a functional medicine doctor can help really target what is the best diet for you, because there's such a strong connection between your diet and your eyesight, especially the macula. Two more things, I would recommend you getting some acupuncture. You know, the liver is the internal organ that connects to the external organ, the eyes. And if your liver is healthy and you are free of toxicities in the body, um, you have a better chance of having um, an increase in your eyesight and eye health. So getting regular acupuncture could be helpful. Also getting some good craniosacral therapy, improving your lymph health, your fluid, your fluid body, making your, making sure your circulation is working well. Uh, the craniosacral therapy could be very helpful also. So all of these things have been proven. Um, they're, they're a little less invasive than this, um, infrared light therapy. I'm not against it. Um, I've seen mixed results with it. So, um. It's not something that I've incorporated, and believe me, I look at a lot of different science-based technologies as it relates to eye disease, and uh, you know I'm sticking with the things that I know that work. So if you want to step out of what I'm recommending, contact the company and see what they say, and get get some really hard data on um, you know what the results are before you enter into this. So thank you so much for the question. All right, I'm going to bring in Janie. Our next question, and this is kind of cool. In, S- in September 2018, she's saying that she uh, quit eating sugar because she read that it can cause Alzheimer's, and now she's saying, can it, or she's asking the question, can it de- deplete the nutrients in your eyes? So that's the first part of the question. So let me address that first. Um, I've done a number of video blogs, podcasts on the negative effects of sugar on our eyes. Uh, The research uh, clearly shows that if you're eating uh, foods that contain sugar, you have a higher risk of developing conditions like uh, retinal diseases, things like diabetic retinopathy, and even cataract formation. Um, And so in terms of sugar, uh, absolutely, if you need sweeteners, make it low glycemic index foods. Uh, but you're, you're right on the money. I'm glad you, you stopped eating sugar. Now, the second part of the question has to do with your left eye, where the eye pressure went up to 70 and the doctor, uh, put in a stent and now the pressure is 16, but your eye is hurting so badly and your, your doctor is asking wanting to do more surgery. And what do I think about the surgery? all right, well, I don't know your medical background and what, you know, what has happened in the past, but it sounds like you have a condition called narrow angle glaucoma. Now, this is a very uh, serious uh, type of glaucoma because it's related to the eye pressure, which can spike like yours did. And one of the reasons why we get narrow angle glaucoma is that there can be a real loss of uh, fluid circulation in the eyeball. Some of the time it can be due to you know, anatomical um, problems where there's actually an anatomical reason why the fluid is not able to flow throughout the eyeball and this creates this sudden narrow angle uh, scenario. And if that's the case, uh, putting the stent in the eye uh, is a way to bring the eye pressure down, and you want to monitor the eye pressure for sure. Um, Obviously, when you start getting into procedures, uh, and I'm talking about laser procedures and eye procedures, if you don't have to get the procedures, I would probably uh, stay away from them. But it's all dependent on you know, how well the doctor is able to regulate your eye pressure. And by the way, your eye pressure does go up and down, just like your your blood pressure does. And researchers haven't really figured out why that's the case. I mean, there's certain theories to it. Um, But if you can get the pressure stabilized, and you can get stabilized, uh, then uh, you can start looking at some of the more holistic uh, protocols that I present, and I've worked with a number of people with narrow angle glaucoma. And once we've gotten their pressure stabilized, instead of doing surgery, here are some of the things that I would say you want to, um, you want to do. First of all, I want you to take an inventory. Um, what pharmaceutical drugs have you taken in your life? You know, even drugs like, um, uh, steroids and, uh, You know, antibiotics, uh, antidepressants, uh, there are many different kinds of drugs out there that can cause your eye pressure to go up. Another thing to consider is what is your inflammatory response going on in your body, specifically in your intestinal system? Are you getting enough probiotics and enzymes? How's your microbiome in the gut? Um, Have you had your glucose levels checked lately. This is where if you want to get a more holistic approach, I would seek out a functional medicine doctor and I would figure out, first of all, are you absorbing your foods? Second of all, uh, what is the best diet for you? I mean, generally speaking, eating an anti-inflammatory, mostly plant-based diet full of antioxidants and and, and with a rainbow of fruits and vegetables is definitely the way to go. Uh, But I would consider uh, exploring what is your inflammatory response in the body and how that may be impacting your eyes. Another consideration is visual stress. So are you using computers, digital stuff? If you are, if, you, if you're if you in that world, uh, are you taking care of your eyes and are you reducing your visual stress? I would also consider um, improving your lymph health. So going getting lymph drainage, massage, craniosacral therapy. There's a real strong correlation between your eye circulation, your fluid flow in the eye, and your fluid health in the body. And they go hand in hand. You might consider uh, getting some acupuncture. Again, sometimes acupuncture, because of the connections of the meridians of the internal organs to the eyes, that if you get acupuncture, it can actually open up the meridians, and this can help regulate the eye pressure. The key is that you want to protect your optic nerve. This is the most important thing if you are a glaucoma suspect. So being being that uh, your eye pressures have spiked, I would consider at least 1,000 milligrams, maybe 1,500 milligrams a day of omega-3 fatty acids. Uh, Studies have shown that the omega-3 fatty acids can support a healthy optic nerve. It can reduce inflammation. It's good for your brain. So you were concerned a bit about uh, the Alzheimer's connection. Uh, maybe by talking to your functional medicine doctor to find out what are the best foods. Should, be, should you be eating a low-carb or no-carb diet? Should you be doing intermittent fasting or some cleansing? You know, this is where a functional medicine doctor can guide you based on your biochemistry. And here it is, we're working systemically and metabolically to improve your eye health. And this is the key in my philosophy that the eyes and the body are interrelated, and whatever's going on in the eyes is going on in the body. And when you go to the functional medicine doctor, have your adrenals checked, your thyroid checked, what is your estrogen level like? All of these different markers of our hormonal health can have an effect on our eye circulation. So in the short term, get the pressure down, get it regulated, and then you can start doing my holistic protocols. And if you do that, you have a very good chance of preserving and improving your eyes. Question number five. This is from Janet. I love this. This is, a, this is a two great questions. The first is um, Janet is asking if there's a connection between hearing and seeing. And she's wanting to know if there are any things that can be done to improve our hearing. Uh, She's relating it similarly to our our eyesight and vision. So let's let's jump into this question first. So there definitely is a very strong connection between our seeing and our hearing. And the reason why I say that is because there definitely, uh, in a lot of research that has been done out there, Um, that our visual system and our auditory system connects up in the brain, especially as it relates to our um, orientation, um, our ability to see and hear at different frequencies. And there's three parts. The first, if we take vision, for example, there's the input, there's the processing, and there's the output. Well, it's the same in our hearing, Uh, taking it in, processing what we hear. And then what do we do with that? Now, I've had the good fortune of working with uh, the deaf population. And it's very interesting in the deaf population, because they now become so visually intensive in terms of either reading the lips, you know, or, you know, just looking at visual cues. Uh, a lot of times their visual system gets so stressed out and they have a lot of visual imbalances that go undetected because the only test that's used to measure their, their vision is the 2020 eye chart. And it's the same in our hearing. You know, we can go to an audiologist and we can get the, ba- the baseline on if we hear certain tones and how clearly we hear them. But there's really not much offered except, you know, hearing aids uh, like glasses. And so as in, you know, the physical eye therapy that I promote, there's actually um, hearing therapy, auditory processing therapy. And one of the most famous ones was invented by a French French physician named Dr. Tomatis, And Dr. Tamadas, um is able, was able to um, measure the different frequencies that we hear at. And by then giving you those tones through a therapy process, that you could actually regain some of your lost hearing. Now, obviously, there are many factors involved why we lose our vision, why we lose our hearing. And I've talked about this in terms of vision Have we had any traumas? What is our, you know, dietary, uh, what are our dietary practices? Uh, Have we had exposure to toxicities and pharmaceutical drugs? Um, You know, what is our lifestyle like? Are we getting proper sleep? Are we under stress? You know, so these are all factors that you have to kind of check off the list in terms of figuring out why you may be losing both your visual processing and or your auditory processing. But the thing to take away from this is that you want to seek out uh, professionals who are testing more than just, say, the visual acuity chart or the auditory acuity chart, so to speak. And that means that if you can find some practitioners uh, who are assessing uh, auditory processing, then um, you could find out what frequencies you're deficient in and then um, regain those by receiving those frequencies in a type of therapy uh, program. You know, I attended a conference a few years ago, and it was a conference on, you know, energy medicine, and um, one of the practitioners there was using a software program where you actually would talk into the software and your voice would then uh, read out the frequencies that are missing in your hearing. So you can do that through your voice. So I thought that was fascinating that your voice can give you answers on what you're hearing or not hearing in terms of your frequency range. Okay, now you ask a second question, which is really great, uh, Janet, on eyelashes and What are the ways that you can bring back your eyelashes? Well, I'm not an expert in this area. Um, I've worked with a number of uh, uh, estheticians over the years. And so I would say go to uh, somebody in your area. There have been certain protocols that may be able to increase your eyelashes. This would be, I'll just run through the list. Um, aloe vera, because of the the amount of vitamins and minerals in aloe vera, Uh, the possibility of castor oil with vitamin E, olive oil, even eggs, okay, beating up the eggs and, again, over the eyelashes. Now, again, I would work with a registered esthetician and see what they say so they can monitor you and, you know, find out exactly, you know, where you are at. It's probably going to take three to six months of using one of these kind of natural remedies. So it's not going to happen overnight. But those would be the areas I would point you to in terms of the possibility of re, um, regenerating your eyelashes. So thank you so much for the question. All right, this next question is from uh, Waleed, who's 16 years old, and he's asking about his myopia. So his right eye is a minus four and a quarter and his left eye is a minus three and a quarter. And he's asking if he can get rid of his myopia through my program. And should he take his glasses off when he's indoors and seeing up close, Uh, or will his eyes get worse? Okay, so in any program where you want to improve your vision using my approach based on a refractive error, whether you're nearsighted or farsighted, the first thing you need to know is that any prescription that's in your eyes has developed based on an adaptation you made when you got your first prescription. I know we want to blame it on genetics, but it's not really genetics that's caused our refractive error. It's our environment uh, and an adaptation we made because either we were confused, we were scared, uh, we didn't, you know, we just didn't know what was going on and we, in nearsightedness, the tendency is pull the world in, tighten it up, blur it out at, you know, uh, say two or three or four feet and the eye doctor then, he, he or she is just validating the programming that we're doing to ourselves based on an an adaptive response that we're making to the world. So we get this prescription, and it embeds us to do the same thing again. You know, we get rewarded for that. And once you, you know, go back a few times, now you're pretty embedded in a prescription. But you recognize that it's treating a symptom, and it's tightening your eyes up. And so now, what do you do to begin to reverse the embedded habit that you're now living under? Well, in myopia, the first thing to recognize is that this is a fixed way of seeing and that the thing that nearsighted people love is clarity. In fact, the thing they hate is blur. So the, the question becomes, in a, in a non-demanding visual situation, if you start doing an exercise like my eye dialogue with the plus lens to blur... And you spend a few minutes in a farsighted prescription, what's going to happen is you're going to begin your attitude and your mind is, are going to begin to relax uh, the, the need to have it so hyper vigilantly clear. And you're going to find that when you do this plus lens to blur exercises with the eye patch, that eventually your eyesight is going to start to sustain its clarity after you've done the exercise. And one of the things you can do is if you're, if you can find an eye doctor that you can work with, I would consider negotiating something like, hey doc, can you make me a prescription that's equal in each eye that corrects me to 2040? And in doing that, it gives you some level of clarity, a little more softness, but a little bit of blur. So it gives you something in between instead of just trying to go cold turkey without your glasses. So let's say in this particular case, Walid, you're four and a quarter in the right eye and three and a quarter in the left eye. You might go back to your doctor and say, hey, can you make me a pair of 275s? And you would just walk around with those indoors, non-threatening situations, and compare when you wear those versus when you wear your strong glasses. You're going to notice that the strong glasses are gonna feel a lot tighter. Now you still use those strong glasses when you need to see the board, if you're driving, if you're going to a movie, if you're watching TV, if you have a demand that you need to see things clearly in the distance. And in doing that, that's not gonna harm the improvement you're going to gain, but it gives you the option now that you can take them off and put on this weaker prescription that's more balanced and in doing that, your eyes, mind, and brain and body are going to start to flex into that reduced prescription. Now, it may take a few months. And if you really start doing my eye clarity nearsighted program, and I mean really uh, discipline yourself to commit to doing these exercises every day to answer your question yes, you definitely can improve your vision. Now, can you go all the way? It depends. It depends on your lifestyle. It depends on your diet. It depends on how much digital time you're doing. Uh, There's a lot of external factors that begin to compete for our ability to reduce our myopia. I mean, I was able to do it, and I worked with my doctor for about a year, and I still see clearly a distance and near, and I don't wear lenses, uh, so if I can do it, you can do it. Because in school I learned that you couldn't do it, and I had to unlearn all of the indoctrination that I received at my school, which said, you know, you can't improve your vision; it's only going to get worse. And you know that that's kind of what we, as eye doctors, learn that the eyes only get worse with age. But in your situation, you're young. You've got um, you know an interest in it. You're motivated. I would just start in with the process, see if you can get this reduced prescription, start wearing it. You're going to notice within three to six months that that strong prescription you shared with me is going to feel too strong and you're not going to need it anymore. And you're going to start to go down to the 220, 275s. At that point, you can negotiate with your eye doctor and say, OK, make me a pair of minus twos. And so this is the way you step yourself down. Um To try to read without your glasses may or may not be um, uh, efficient for you. If it creates eye strain, uh, I probably wouldn't do it. Certainly, you can go without your glasses, but you want to do it in situations where you feel safe and the visual demand is low so that you're not straining or squinting. If you're in a situation where you're straining or squinting, then you put on your strong glasses so you can do what you need to do. So, Waleed, that's, uh, that's the short answer. I wish you the best of luck, and thank you for the question. Hey, everybody, it's Dr. Sam again, and uh, wow, fantastic questions today. You know, I think my takeaway from uh, this podcast is, is that, you know, people are really starting to ask the question, can they improve their vision? And, you know, it's really an interesting trend that I... Uh, saw in my practice when I was, you know, doing a lot of eye exams is that people would come in and they'd say, you know, Dr. Byrne, um, my glasses don't work anymore. My contacts don't work anymore. Um, My eyes have gotten worse. And I'll do, I, I did my eye exam, you know, protocol with them. And I'd come back to them and say, you know what, actually, the reason why your contacts or glasses don't work is because your eyes have gotten better. And nobody, nobody in that crowd, in that group would ever think that their eyes could get better. They were always going to, my eyes must have gotten worse. So my takeaway from the show today is that you can definitely improve your vision and that uh, this mindset that, you know, it can only go one way, that things deteriorate, they only get worse. Well, when you think that way, you're going to keep perpetuating that same pattern. But I am now saying that, you know what? Your eyes can improve. You can improve your vision, and it doesn't take much for you to start seeing some improvement. And then you can go back to your eye doctor, and you can show them that by doing these practices, your eyes can improve even if you start getting older. Okay, well, that's our show for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. And until next time, take good care. You're listening to a podcast with Dr. Sam Byrne. To learn more about his seminars and workshops, visit his website, www.drsambyrne.com. The Byrne Method is a trademark signature of Dr. Sam Byrne for his workshops, seminars, books, and DVDs. The information presented in this podcast is in no way intended as a substitute for receiving professional medical care. The design and purpose for this podcast is to provide information for educational purposes only. Dr. Byrne and his guests have no liability or responsibility to any person or entity for loss, damage, injury caused, or allegedly caused through the information, exercises, suggestions, explorations, or written responses presented in this podcast. Dr. Byrne is not a medical authority and his guests are not qualified to diagnose or treat any disease or health problem. This podcast is not a substitute for medical care. Dr. Byrne's information is only his personal opinion. If you have any health problem, please seek medical care for whatever condition you may have.